Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, post-Sunday podcasters? This is Pastor Johnny Sierra with you guys here today on this beautiful week, uh, new week. We're excited. Uh, episode 41. Yes, 41. We hit 40 last week, and we talked about how the significance of that was. So you got to go back one one episode to listen to that. But welcome, guys. I'm with my co-host, the one and only Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What is up, my man? We're now over the hill. 41. We're on the downside. Hopefully we're still climbing, but yes. you know, metaphorically, yes. we are we're old. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, man. Trucking away, which means we have 11 episodes after this. Crazy. That's it. And year 1 is done. Oh my gosh. So the trajectory has to be at such a level for our viewers and our listeners. It's insane, man. That they just realize, "Oh, this thing is it's it's going. It's yeah. going and I and I can't miss any of the last 11." Yeah. That's what we need to do. If tell you them. if you are breaking things up, if you are breaking things up in in terms of like numerically the way that we have yes this year is flying <laughs> who would have thought right oh my gosh man 41 now already guys if you've been with us uh since episode one you are the mvp we appreciate you guys for for being with us um we got our audience of one here mr glenn cook is joining us live we're so excited man, to keeps have him. coming in he loves it listening That's while right. we record I love so it. with stanton in the house producer stanton's with us today the room is filling up it's it's a it's a good day it's a maybe good day we, maybe we'll open it up <laughs> or that's an idea maybe we're going to do a live recording maybe. in a hey. few weeks so stay tuned maybe. for that maybe. stay tuned for that Listen maybe a to live all of our loyal listeners listen with our loyal listeners and live uh, recording possibly that's not this that idea we still got to keep in the time frame though we do uh, yesterday someone said hey you can do a seven hour podcast this week oh my god you gosh. can take what you did today and take it seven hours because <laughs> you i need you to unpack it even more <laughs> i don't i don't know if i could actually do that well, but hold on all possibly. Right. <laughs> maybe six hours i don't know about seven yeah there's only so much our cup can 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 handle oh <sighs> You know, and so uh, we take it one episode at a time, one hour at a time, and, and we go from there. But yep. thankful for all you listeners that have been with us. Uh, we're so thankful for you. If you are new with us, thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Post Sunday podcast. We are a podcast that, that stems out of Genesis Church Orlando. We're in East Orlando. Uh, you can check us out at GenesisChurchOrlando.com and, and come, come, come find us. We got three services that we have on a Sunday morning. Join us if you want to really dive in to what we uh, have, have 
titled this year as The Never-Ending Story, um, and it's been our year-long series that we've done here at Genesis Church, and so we are basically going through a Bible study the entire year, this entire year. We started in Genesis 1, we're ending in Revelation um, by December, so it's interesting where we've been able to do uh, some of the topics throughout some of the holiday holiday Sundays that we've had, but uh, we've, we've, we've maneuvered it very well, and God has been orchestrating everything from beginning to end, and so we're thankful, we're excited, and uh, if you follow, if you do any social media, follow us on TikTok, follow us on the X, as well as Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast, you can find us there. Also, too, any questions that you guys might have, submit them over to postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. We feature a segment called the post, uh, the pot. PSPQ, Post Sunday Podcast Question of the Week, and we just, we want to hear back from you guys so that we can uh, just bring in some more clarity for some things uh, as best as we possibly can. And so, uh, yeah, man, we're excited. We're going to keep chucking it along. Episode 41, uh, it's been awesome. Uh, just really diving into the New Testament, seeing the correlation of Jesus's life and what we've talked about the previous uh, weeks in the Old Testament, seeing how he's fulfilling a lot of these the, these prophecies, but how his life is 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 just a living depiction of what we've talked about through these different characters in the Old Testament, and he's living it out. And here we see it in the last few weeks. Uh, he's demonstrating it. Uh, we talked last week about. Uh, just the, the serving side of Jesus. And not only now have I taught you, but now it's, it's, it's me showing you what this looks like. And this week, I mean, we, we continue on, man, and it goes really good. Um, you brought a great message, Pastor, this week, and uh, I'm really excited to dive right, right in there. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, there's a lot going on uh, just around the world right now. Yeah. So you, with everything that's happening with Israel and and what we're watching on the news. And as I was telling someone yesterday, I was saying, when you really walk in the story of God and it not only draws you closer to God, it draws you closer to really the, the, the characters and the people in real places and real times. Um, it brings you closer to the land of God, mm. you know, that he promised his people. And so when you watch it, you know, I was telling my wife last night, I was like, you know, just if you were to, shed away all of, for the moment, all of our faith. Why would anyone care about what's happening in this little country, Israel, right now? Why is it worldwide news that Israel, you know, who can, is free to fight for themselves and fend for themselves. They don't rely on anybody else. Why would anybody really care? And yet there's something that draws everybody to this land and to this people worldwide. And, just in that, you have to begin to ask yourself, why? Why is it throughout history, this people group, this land has lasted when none other have through other empires and kingdoms and, and all those things we've looked at from, from historical setting till now, there's something about it. And you can't, you can't just toss that aside. Yeah. And it draws you in. And as we've been unpacking the word of God, that's been the goal is to show the full scope of the story of God. And so for all of our listeners and all of our, our viewers that have been just kind of finding this, and as we are discovering, they're finding, I don't know how they're finding it. We've got a guy who runs a fitness gym in Michigan 
telling us that he works out to this podcast. And we've had people in New York and Vermont. There's a, there's a lady in our church sitting behind me Sunday that she visited with her daughter. Yeah. She started watching us online, listening to the podcast every week with her daughter in New York. And she just moved here last week. Wow. She took a job in Orlando so that she could move here and be part of this church. Like wow. that, that's just mind boggling and yet humbling and yet that just shows that God is doing stuff far beyond our own comprehension. He's always at work. But this young girl came up to me yesterday, a student, and she said, man, she said, you started teaching and you did that. And then when it got there, I was like, oh, I, I know where he's going with this. I can't believe that's going to connect. And to see her like light up as a student. Mm. And she was like, she was already pinging the dots before I got there of kind of where this thing is going. And I, I, I was like, listen, I have been right where you are. I've grown up in church. I'm a third generation pastor. You know, I think I've heard these stories more than anybody else and there's nothing else to squeeze out of them. And then I'm reminded time and time again, oh, you are just a student you're not a master of this. You'll be a lifelong student of God's word, learning, growing, studying, and discovering things. And those little light bulbs and those little things that keep pinging and you're going, I didn't see that. Now I see this. That is what just comes alive. That's the power of God's word. It is living and active. It comes alive and God continues to reveal himself. And it was so awesome to watch this girl just light up. And she's like, where do you learn this from? I was so <laughs> jacked up. She's like, and she goes, she goes, I tried reading Leviticus one time. She goes, and I do, she goes, you probably don't want me doing this, but I will tell Alexa to just pick a book and a chapter in the Bible and then like read it to me for my devotion time. And it picked a chapter in Leviticus. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> but yesterday for her to make all these connections yeah. and to see that. And as we said, to listen to people around the country that are, that are writing in questions and, yeah. And responding, uh, we are humbled that God is using this podcast for something way bigger than us. Yeah. We just want to help you understand God's word so you can grow in your faith. You can flourish in the life that God has intended for you. It's, it's, that's what we're doing, man. And a lot, you know, not a lot of churches bring uh, as much content and just resources the way that we've been able to and God's allowed us to. And so that's the beauty of it, too. So. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, getting these questions, we got our uh, producer with us, Stanton, today. What's going on, my man? I have a gripe with you, Johnny, because I came in last Monday setting up for the podcast, and Tim walked in with his hands up saying, what are you doing? I said, setting up for the podcast. He goes, we're not doing it. We already did it. Johnny's on vacation. <laughs> so I'm I'm left looking dumbfounded while my girlfriend's <laughs> sitting staring at me like this guy. Woke me up early to get here for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> but I we, still we love you, though. Yeah, so I still so, love some you. of these pods, man. We do take a little bit of step of faith. We got to pre-record yep. some of them just because of our our schedules and whatnot. Pastor Tim's been flying everywhere across the world lately, so uh, some of them, yeah. I mean, that's how ahead we have been in preparation. Yeah, that's you know, the great that's part the is that we're so far. We're not perfect, but we're yeah. we're ahead enough that we know where we're going, what we're teaching where the content is and it's helping us prepare to teach yeah. and guide and shepherd in a totally different way. And that that's, it's that's helped been exciting. Me a lot. Yeah. It's helped me a lot, but toss us over, man. What's the PSPQ uh, question of the week? So the PSPQ question of the week it is brought to you by Genesis church. We're looking for a sponsor. So hopefully one day in the future we'll have it. But cool. yeah, I just want to go back on what Johnny said, you know, X Instagram, 
or Gmail at postsunday at gmail.com. Just write in your questions, even on TikTok. If you got, if you got a question, watch it on TikTok. Just ask. We, we answer these questions every week. We try to do the best of our ability, but we do it in a biblical sense. So that way we are feeding you the good stuff week in and week out. And the question we had this week is actually via email. I love getting the emails because, you know, it always comes from either somebody within mm. or someone from without. Yes. So it just broadens our horizon with these people watching it. But the question is, it states, how was John the Baptist sent by God if the Holy Spirit hadn't been given to us yet? Is John the Baptist being the witness the same as being a prophet? He was not the prophet, but was he a regular prophet like of the OT, the Old Testament? Mm. Nice. So, um, great question. Um, I think this person you said earlier is outside of Florida emailing in, which is awesome. Once again, shows the scope of people that are listening. And so whoever this is, thank you for your question. What I think is important real quick in this question is the realization for many people that the Holy Spirit is not a New Testament thing. Mm. It's a New Testament person. It's not an Acts 2 thing. We will talk about this in a few weeks when we open up the book of Acts. Um, the, the Holy Spirit has been there from the very beginning. Uh, it, it, once again, Genesis 1, and the Spirit of God hovered over the darkness, over the chaos. God said, let us make man in our image. And so there's a plurality to it. But uh, you'll love this. I bet you don't know this. Okay, which is awesome to this question. I heard someone the other day ask a question like this, so I didn't know about this question. When was who's the first person then to have the Holy Spirit? So I did a little research when I heard that question on like a reel or something. The very first person in the Bible that we hear that is filled with the Spirit of God, not Abraham, not Moses, although I would say, you know, in some capacity they were is Exodus chapter 35, which is actually, this is what's crazy, a little pertinent to where we're going today. The construction of the tabernacle. And in 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 Exodus chapter 35, what happens is, is that Moses is bringing together the people that are going to help construct the tabernacle. And so from the tribe of Judah, there's a man named Bezalel. Okay? Bezalel. He was like... um Artsman, like a, cra- a craftsman. There you go. He yeah. was an artist. He was the craftsman. He did the jewels and the stone and the wood cuttery. Yeah. And it says that he that that he was filled with the spirit of God. Wow. For his skill and his intelligence and his artistry and his Let's craftsmanship go, go to help build the temple of God. So the very first person that God that we see the spirit of God being filled in is Someone that's using their gifts and talents for that's God. Amazing. Now, like you said, and they're a creative. They're creative. Wow. Hello, creative. Hello, creative. So, <laughs> first, let's just get that clear. That's awesome. The Holy Spirit has been at work all throughout God's story, and we see this even even in Saul and David. It says the Spirit of God rushed upon them when they were anointed. So the Holy Spirit has always been there, always been at work. It is not just a New Testament. It is not an Acts two thing. We actually misinterpret that really bad. Acts chapter two, something else is totally happening there that we miss. And we'll talk about that in a few weeks. So there's a teaser for that. Um, however, I would say, yes, John the Baptist is a modern day prophet. 
in this time and context. Mm. The people around him see that. The We find that in the Pharisees and the Sadducees that want to kill Jesus. They're afraid of him. They even call him a prophet. And then they also know he's a prophet like John the Baptist, they say. This is why John the Baptist gets beheaded, because he goes around like a prophet declaring the truth of God, and it winds up getting him killed. And so therefore, yes, he's not Elijah. They were looking for one like Elijah. Yes, they were looking for the return possibly of Elijah, but one like him. And so therefore, symbolically, as Elijah was preparing the way in the wilderness prophetically for the Messiah to come, John the Baptist, who mimicked a lot of Elijah, symbolically is this forerunner. He shows up. He's declaring baptism, a repentance baptism, because the Messiah is coming, and then Jesus arrives. And that's why he even says, I am not even worthy to untie his sandals. So yes, the Spirit of God is on him. Yes, he's speaking prophetically. No, he's not the original Elijah, but symbolically he is to prepare and to announce, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away sin of the world has arrived. Wow. That's good stuff, man. There you go. Creators, yeah. baby. Creators Filled with the, the Spirit house. of God. Let's go. <laughs> Except you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great to hear, man. Think wow. about that. There was an anointing behind his, you know. Now you're going to run with that and use it for everything you oh want to do. Oh, my gosh. Now, man, you, you puffed me We've up. We've been this way that's from so the rad, beginning. <laughs> you can't say no to me. <laughs> the Spirit of God, bro, is with me, It's always me, the Spirit of God. He's in all creative things. <laughs> That's great to hear, man. Uh, yeah, awesome, awesome. Great question this week. Really appreciate that. So let's dive right in, man. Episode 41. Uh, last week, we, we we talked about Jesus. Um, the the We basically had a Good Friday service last week. And this week, what, what do you think happens after a Good Friday service? Yeah. We have our Easter celebration. Yes. So uh, at Genesis Church, if you're not with us, uh, we celebrated Easter on October 8th. Once yeah, we again. did. <laughs> a little, little awkward. You yeah. know, we didn't do Easter's coming. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't get the big chant and the big cheer. Yeah. At the same time, uh, we focused, and what's crazy is, especially if you weren't with us, please go back and watch Sunday, Genesis Church Orlando. Um, and I only say that because it will give you more context to what we're unwrapping today. Yeah. But even if you didn't, my goal is to help you see some things and connect some dots. We really just briefly talked about the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm. Think about that. And we didn't even talk about the resurrection. And so, therefore, I, I've, I've heard different pastors and, and different people that are like, hey, it's all about the resurrection. Without the resurrection, none of this is possible. Yet, at the same time, I don't think that you can take the two apart. You know, like, well, every there were lots of people who were crucified. None came back from the dead. Yeah, but there were none that were crucified as the Son of God. Yeah. So therefore, it is the crucifixion and the resurrection. It, the the story of God can't be pieced apart. It's it all pieces together. It's one big puzzle. That's what we're trying to show. What we're trying to get people to see is that this big book is all part of a big puzzle. Spend the rest of your life trying to put it together, and you may not get to complete it. And I know for some people like me, that is an A personality that's driven to perfection. If I get to the end of a puzzle and it's missing that one piece, I'm literally going to smash my face in a window. Like I can't take the fact that I did all of this and still miss a piece. That is the story of God. Yeah. It will always be a mystery. He will reveal truths to you and he will continue to reveal to you and he will continue to open your eyes yeah. at the end of your life. 
until that final veil is pulled back. You don't get to see it in all of its glory until you stand fully in the presence of God. It's true. And that is why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And, and you know, and throughout this, this, these 41 weeks, if you've had questions, I mean, join the, join the group, get in, get in the waiting list. There's going to be questions that some will have, will be able to uncover. Some will be able to answer and some we just, we, we won't have any answers until we get to heaven. And that's, that's, um, that's the utilization of our faith, right? Is, is to believe, um, in these things. Um, and so, you opened up with Exodus 19, 5, and 6. And so I'm going to read a little bit of that, and then we can we can go in uh, from there. But it says, uh, Exodus 19, 5, Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. Uh, and then, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Uh, so take us back a little bit on why you yeah. selected this these two this passage particularly. So um, context real opening. quick, yeah. because we don't want to sit in this too long. Yeah. This is where the nation of Israel is being brought to the mount of foot, um, the foot of Mount Sinai. God's presence, his Shekinah glory is going to come down around the mountain. God tells Moses, take them away, consecrate them for three days, mm. cleanse them, get them pure so that they can come stand in my presence. And then remember, they're slaves out of Egypt. They've been slaves for 400 years. They have no worth. They have no value. They have no voice. They're useless. Other than, do you make enough bricks for Pharaoh to build his empire and his kingdom? Wow. And now they're standing in a place where God is speaking to them and he's telling them things like, you are my chosen people out of all the peoples on the earth. You are a treasure to me. They've never heard anybody value them this way before. And then God says something that doesn't really make sense in the moment. You are a kingdom of priests. And so therefore, what does that mean and what does that look like? What does it mean to be a kingdom priest in a holy nation? before God. And so while we just hear this language being spoken, sometimes we don't put ourselves into that context for a moment to go, what would it have been like to have been a slave with no value and be told for a moment you're treasured and then you're going to be a kingdom priest and you're going to be a holy nation. So now that drives the question for Israel, really all throughout God's story to the very end. And, and we would say for us today as well, what does it mean that I could be a kingdom priest for God? And how in the world do I become holy as a sinful person or a person that has faults or falls short of the glory of God? And so this driving question at Mount Sinai, we went all the way back to it and we showed the canopy and the wedding ceremony and yeah. all these types of things happening with the Ten Commandments where God is really being the groom and Israel's being the bride. And this becomes the overarching theme throughout scriptures of the covenant of God. It's a marriage covenant. Don't break it. Don't commit adultery. Don't, don't as the Bible says, whore around. Don't have other lovers, other gods and other goddesses and other religions. It's me and you till Till the, to the very end, I will stay faithful to this covenant. But now how do I exist as a kingdomly priest? And how do I be holy within that? Mm. Is what now they're going to try to learn and discover. Yeah. And I, I love, I mean, you, you, you went and broke it down to even showing uh, what the set separation was like. But even in how the construction of the temple, um, how that kind of mimicked 
um, that 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 declaration, you know, yep. of being a holy priest, being set apart, what that looked like. The tabernacle tabernacle had sections in there that not everyone can go to, you know, and 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 you had to be um, clean, you had to be set apart. You, you, there was there was things that were set in place in an order that God had in order for you to really experience God's fullness. Yeah. So what we, what we find out in Genesis is that sin separates us from God. This is the, the, at the very beginning of the story of God. And this is the reason for the Messiah and for Jesus even to come. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well in the, in the pod today. But the, the reality is when sin entered the garden, it broke that relationship between man and God. Yeah. So Shalom, as we've said in the, in the podcast and other episodes was peace with God, peace with yourself, peace with others and peace with creation. It's a wholeness. And when sin showed up, it broke all of those relationships and it not only brought about death, it brought about distance. Therefore Adam and Eve could no longer dwell in the garden of Eden with God, where he would come and it says he would dwell and walk among them. And therefore that space where God, heaven would come to earth or they would overlap each other in the garden, God's realm and our realm was broken because of sin. And now God has, as we know, God has always wanted to dwell with us. We're seeing this throughout the story of God. He comes up with a process to be able to come back and dwell amongst his people. So he tells them, I'm going to give you instructions to build a tabernacle. And it's within that space I'm going to come and my presence is going to be in your midst, but there's a problem. Not everybody can go into the presence of God. Mm. Really, no one can unless you are pure and you are clean. So this is where when people start reading Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and just all of the the, the laws and the instructions uh, on the nation of Israel, people check out. And I get it. You know, there is a part where, you know, it's like we say, whether you're in the gym or whatever, you have to discipline yourself. You really want to understand it. There are moments in God's story where it's not all go- always going to feel great. It's not always going to inspire you. You're going to walk away some days more confused than you are cheerful. You're going to walk away some days just more, uh, I wouldn't say empty, but like, I don't know where that took me today, mm. right? Yeah. But as we say, it's like, it's all these spiritual deposits being made in you over time. And eventually all those deposits, they build up because there's going to be a withdrawal. There's going to be a moment where you read something and the light bulb goes off and you go, oh, because I've been studying, because I've been tracking, because I've been putting in the time. This makes sense now. It's no different than gains in the gym or something like that, right? It takes time. So you get into God's word and you study the things that you don't quite always understand and that's okay. That is what discipleship is all about. We see the disciples following Jesus and not always getting it. Yeah. They're questioning. They're, 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 they're arguing with him at the Last Supper over who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. After three right? years. After three years of seeing everything. So it's okay to be in the story of God and not always get it. Yeah. We're trying to help you get it as we are learning it. And so here we are in the sacrificial system. And what we have to understand is that is the process God implemented. It doesn't mean we're going to always understand it. They understood it more because all the other cultures had a sacrificial system. So let's not negate that reality that Egypt had their own. The Canaanites had their own. This is why God says don't worship like them. Don't make sacrifices like Mm. them. Don't marry like them. 
the world they lived in lived within this context as well. We have a hard time because now you go to the grocery store, you have no idea who even harvested your food. You didn't see the cow get slaughtered for the steak that you're about to cook. You didn't see the chicken get harvested for the, you know, chicken wings you're about to fry. You just go pick up the meat and go home. They understood and saw all this differently. And when we read about it, we get a little confused. But the sacrificial system is a process God put in place. And he did it all the way back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, most people miss it. God clothes and covers the nakedness and shame of Adam and Eve with the skin of animals. Therefore, an animal had to be sacrificed, had to be killed for this to take place. Then we see Cain and Abel bring different sacrifices before God. So the sacrificial system was starting to already be implemented Yet we don't fully grasp it and understand it, and we don't in Leviticus, but I will tell you this. There are many writers, and there are many scholars, and there are many rabbis that would say we don't get the answers to everything within it. We don't truly understand why God gave us this full process all the time. We just know God gave it to us, therefore we're to be obedient. Abraham doesn't know why God said, go to the land I will not show you, but he goes immediately. Moses doesn't understand why God says, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go when you ran away from him 40 years ago, you know, but I'm going to do what God told me to do. This is part of sacrifice. Sacrifice is following the instructions and process of God in obedience. Whether you fully understand it or not, that's part of faith. I do this faithfully and obediently because I trust God knows what he's asking me to do. Yeah. Being set apart. It's always, uh, it's got, it's a process that God does, but it comes with participating in holy things. You have to participate in holy things in, in that process of being set apart. I want to read this portion here because I, 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 I love the correlation of, uh, of what we talked about last week. Leviticus seventeen eleven for the life of the flesh, uh, of the flesh is in the blood and I have uh, given it given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by life. Uh, I like this one here. Uh, and Moses said to the congregation, so we're, so this is still, uh, we're, we're now in Leviticus. So we're in Leviticus yeah. because the process that God had yeah. was the tabernacles were my place coming off of the dwelling. tabernacle. Yeah. There's two sections in the tabernacle. One of them is the Holy of Holies. There's a veil. There's a curtain. Only the high priest can go before that. Yeah. So he's chosen Aaron, Moses' brother, and his sons. So th- these are the Levitical priests. And there's a process for them to be covered, washed, and clean to come into the presence of God. Mm. So just like the nation of Israel is supposed to be consecrated to come at the foot of Mount Sinai, yeah. God showing to come into my presence, you must be clean. The priest to go into the Holy of Holies on behalf of the nation of Israel also had to go through a process that got implemented to be pure and clean in the presence of God or he couldn't be there. And so in Leviticus chapter 8, we're getting this. Now, the reason we're here is because we're also going to connect some bigger dots. Yes. We did in our Sunday sermon, but we're going to do this with you, our listener, today because today you're going to understand some things about the Bible you have never understood before. Yeah. And, And so last week we talked about how Jesus basically washed, right, washed the disciples' feet. 
And so, uh, in Leviticus 8, 22 through 24, and Moses said to the congregation, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. Uh, and he put the coat on him and tied the sash around his waist and clothed him with the robe. Uh, and then he presented the other ram, the ram of ordination, and Aaron and his sons laid their ha- hands on the head of the ram. Um, and he killed it. And Moses took some of its blood and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear and on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. Keep that in mind as we continue on here. Then he presented Aaron's sons and Moses put some of the blood on, on the lobes of the right ears and on the, on the thumbs of their right hands and on the big toes of their right feet. Yeah, these are the Talk weird to us, man, about passages this. of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. If you're just trying to read through the story of God, you do get lost and you do get confused because it doesn't make sense. Here's the first thing let's just address about the sacrificial system. Because people are like, well, if if Jesus didn't do this, then, you know, then there would be sacrifices today. Yeah, there would be. Because God commanded the nation of Israel to make cer- certain sac- sacrifices that are lasting ordinance, he says. The reason they don't is because there's no temple or tabernacle. It doesn't exist for Israel today. Okay? That's one misunderstanding. The other is this. When it comes to the sacrifices that got implemented in the Old Testament, there were many different sacrifices. Not all of them were sin offerings. Not all of them were for everyone. So this in and of itself is a sacrifice specifically for priests and nobody else. So you have to pay attention to that. It's like the laws in the Old Testament. People are like, well, then how come you don't do this, 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 and this? How come you don't cover your head? How come you don't eat kosher? Because those were laws given to the Israelites, the Hebrew people. There were laws for them. There were laws for women. There were laws for men. There were laws for kings. There were laws for priests. And depending on who you are and where you sat, depending on what laws were applicable to you, just like being a Gentile, on the outside in, there were, there were ones that if you're invited in, and then there were the disciples that came back and said, these are the binding ones upon the Gentiles with Paul when he comes back to the Jerusalem council. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to understand instead of making broad strokes about the Bible. The sacrifices were implemented in essence, a korban was meant to draw close. I have to make a sacrifice to be able to draw close into the presence of God no matter what type of sacrifice was being done, whether it was a, uh, a thanks sacrifice or a sin sacrifice, this was my way of being able to draw close to God. We don't sacrifice animals, but we understand sacrifice. You sacrifice things for your wife. Why? So that you can draw close to her in your marriage relationship. You sacrifice things for your kids so that you can draw close to them as a dad who loves their kids. We do understand the concept of sacrificing something for someone so that we can strengthen that relationship and, and, and build that bond. And therefore that is the essence of the sacrificial system mm. was something being given up to draw close to God. And this was the life of an animal, the blood for the life of something is in its blood. Therefore 
when there is no life, when all blood is gone, there is death. So we now know that sin brings death when God came to bring life. And we see this being played out. And so now something has to die for its blood to give life and cover really your life that is leading to death yeah. because of your sin that will separate you eternally from God. So now there's a system in place. They're going to take and sacrifice a ram. They're going to put the blood on an ear, a thumb, and a toe. And it seems so weird to think about this. This is their ordination ceremony to be the high priest, to go into the Holy of Holies, the presence of God. They've got to be washed with water. Something's got to be tied around their waist, a sash, clothed with a robe, and they've got to be then uh, ritually covered in the sacrificial blood of the ram, of the goat, of the lamb, to go into the presence of God. All you need to know is that simply symbolically, the earlobe, the thumb, and the toe meant head, hand, foot. In essence, saying that for a priest to go into the presence of God, all of them had to be washed and covered by God, cleansed to stand purely in the presence of God. And as we talked about, if a priest did not do this, they would be struck down. So they would tie a cord around their waist with little bells on it so they would hear it jingling as they moved through the holy place and into the Holy of Holies because they couldn't go into the tabernacle at all. Only the priests could. And if at any point they stopped hearing the jingle of the bells, they would realize this person has been struck down in the presence of God because they were not cleansed and covered fully to stand in God's presence. And they would take that rope and they would drag their dead body out of the tent because they could not go in and actually get the body and bring it out of the tent. This wow. is the holiness of God that cannot be in the presence of sin. Wow. Yeah, I've read that before. And I'll tell you, early on in my years, it was just like, what is going on here? <laughs> it is... I read it used to make me afraid to preach. <laughs> God, if I get up and preach Man. and I've done this this week, yeah. if you used to strike down a priest in your presence, wow. like, I better, I mean, I better make sure I'm locked a, in, right? There's a good fear in that. Yeah, it was a good, a holy good fear, right? Fear of God. Exactly. And yeah. some of us need that in our life because we some do. of us, like you said, will be like, what is that? Who would want to follow that God? No, he's a holy God. He's writing the story. He can decide who can stand in his presence and who can't. Yeah. And really in the story of God, no one can. Every person that stands in some type of glory of God and the scriptures falls to their face and it says like a dead man. It's true. Right? Moses isn't even allowed to see God. He asked to see God while he's on Mount Sinai. And God says, go, go, go in this, this cleft of this rock, like this crack of this rock, and you'll see my back. Like that's all you get to see of my glory. And this is Moses on the mountain with God. And so, and yet he comes down with a radiance and a glow just from seeing the back of God. So we have to understand that God is absolutely holy. Sin was never to be in his presence, nor a part of his story. Mm. We chose it. We brought it in. Therefore, our loving God, everyone pay attention to this, not our mean, angry, judgmental God, implemented a plan to rescue and redeem the world from the sin that broke the relationship from him. He could have been like, I'm done with these people. I tried. They made the wrong choices. Let's just move on and do something new. Instead, he implemented a plan that will eventually cost him his only son. So if you want to talk about the love of God, the plan he came up with was going to really cost him his only son for your mistake and my mistake. Yeah. And on a side note, man, I think I think if you're viewing God in a perspective of, of anger or him being an angry God or... Um, 
unmerciful, unloving, um, I think you really need to check your perspective because I think we put God in, uh, we, 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 we put on these lenses, we, we want to see him through whatever lens we're, we have on. And if our lens in our life is full of anger and hate, uh, traumatic moments and experiences and unforgiveness and all these different things, then you're going to view God in that perspective, in that view. And so, you know, change your perspective, change your view, uh, read what God is truly and his intentions truly are for your life. And I think that's, that's where you're going to be able to see uh, with new lenses who truly God is. But going back to the, the, the head, hands, and feet, um, you said, man, a priest to be made holy before God must be pure in thought, the head, action, the hands, and walk, the feet. Yeah, the blood on the ear, the blood on the thumb, so the good. blood on the toe, yep. Leviticus 8, is symbolic for all of them must be clean, must be made pure by a sacrifice, by the blood of the sacrifice. And it's a reality for all of us. Yet you're not called to be a Levitical priest. However, if we really want to draw close to the presence of God, your thoughts your actions, your deeds, they all, they've always mattered. This is the problem with Christianity today. We think that we can give God a piece of us or a part of us when God wants all of us. Yeah. He didn't give us a piece or a part of him. He gave us all of him. And therefore, there are so many of us that were like, well, I do really good things you know, with my hands for God, but your mind and your mouth all week long are not of God. Or my mind, you know, every day I wake up and I say my prayers with my mouth and I read God's word for 10 to 15 minutes and I do my God time. But then my feet take me into movies and into clubs and into bars and into settings where I participate in things that are displeasing and not God honoring. Yeah. You know, or hey, my feet take me into church every week and I raise my hands in worship because I show everybody that I love God, yeah. but you're in an unholy relationship, whether dating or you're an adult and you're not married and you're cohabitating and you're doing things outside of the will of God. It is sin and sin angers God. God wants all of you. This is why the language of the Bible says you, you're the one who talked about this. Solomon builds a temple. Yeah. after the tabernacle for the presence of God. But God even says then, ultimately, I don't want to abide in buildings. Yeah. I came to abide in my people. Yeah. We're living tabernacles of God where we go, meaning the presence of God is with us. Their first question was, was the Holy Spirit with John the Baptist or not? When you put your faith and trust in Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit of God. He dwells in you. Therefore, where you go, what you do, what you say, what you see, where you participate, what you find entertainment in, the relationships you're in, the things you do in them, the things you build and construct and touch and hold with your hands, you are either living as a temple of God with the presence of God in you, or you are choosing to reject that whole reality in your life. Yeah. That's so good, man. And I think you took a little bit. I think you 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 were looking at my notes because I'll be teaching next <laughs> week, man. And honestly, I had I had this statement, man. Your faith cannot be private. It must be public. A hundred percent. It must be public. That's, and but and, hold that next week. Yeah, and yeah. Come with that because yeah. I was listening to a guy this past week who was evaluating something that happened in a in a in a Christian conference. 
And he said, the problem, this is how he worded it, which goes right along with what you're saying. He said, we have a real big problem of, of separating our theology from our practice. Mm. What we believe from what we actually do. We, we, we do this all the time. Well, I believe this. I trust this. I follow this. I can say this and I can proclaim this. But the practice of your life does not match the theology in which you say you believe. And this is why at our church, when we have our membership class, we tell people, what do they come to do? They want to know our doctrinal statements. What do you believe? Tell me everything you believe so I can see if I align with the way that you've worded them. And then we say, hey, we believe, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, that you yourselves are our letter, not written on tablets, but written on our hearts, meaning what God is teaching us and what we believe isn't just good enough for paper. You need to see it in the tablets of our hearts being lived out where we go. You cannot separate what you believe from what you practice. This is not the way of faith. This is not the way of Christianity. This is not kingdom living. Yeah. This is why God told a priest, if they're going to stand in his presence, I need all of you from head to toe. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, like I said, uh, keep your eyes away from my from my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sneaking. No, I was but setting you it's up. So good. It was it's setting so you up because it's just it. interlocking. I know? love it. Yeah, that's and, and that, that's the beauty of all this, man. There isn't. There's levels to it as as you're moving forward, right? There's 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 uh, different pushes of God that, that you know that we'll see uh, next week, right? Because we're we're seeing His demonstration, Jesus's demonstration on the cross, and what He's wanting us and where and and symbolically that's 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 what we that that's what we're seeing here right is like this is what god is asking us to do this is the process of the cleansing that he's wanting for us right and uh, you said it so 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 beautifully but it, it indicated that this process of cleansing that a transition had been made from a private being a private citizen to now being a representative of god is taking your yeah. faith from private to public now everyone, now I display my faith. Now people get to see what I live. It's not a, a separation here. It's, it's, it's my entire being of who I am now is a representative of God and it shows everything of who I am and who I belong to, right? And, and so that's, that's a, it's a beautiful thing to see that. But if we put ourselves in that place, God is calling us to this. God is yeah, calling us this to this. What do, remember the driving question right now from Exodus 19, what does it mean to be a kingdom priest? Now, immediately your, your mind is locking and going, well, that was for Aaron and his sons, for them to become the priest of Israel. No, but God was telling the nation of Israel, you will be a kingdom of priests, yeah. not just Moses's brother and his sons, and you will be a holy nation. So this driving question is going to go all throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament into our lives today. What does it mean to be a kingdom priest? Is that possible for me? Yeah. Is it possible for me to be part of a holy nation of God? You know, when I think about my life and how I've lived and how I've chosen. And I would say for the person that is listening right now or watching this, that whenever you get to the point where you say verbally, I know this is what God really wants from my life right now. Then there needs to be a change. 
I am dumbfounded by the amount of people that they want God's blessing. They want God's favor. They're looking for God's direction, for God's purpose. They're they're looking for God to kind of come and kind of scoop them up and take them in a direction they're longing to, but they're in the middle of sin. And then they will say to us, how often has that been said to you? Yeah, like I'm really, really trying to to seek and follow God. And I know right now that, you know, he's not pleased with me doing this. The moment you're able to recognize this is not pleasing of God, there needs to be a change. Either then you are doing it in rebellion, whether you were first doing it in ignorance, which is worse. We've seen this in scripture. Or we're back to like we said last week. You're, you're, kind of, you're Judas. You're like, yeah, I know that you're about this, but I'm going my own way. This is the betrayal of Judas, right? I know who you are and I know what you're calling us to. I'm going my own way. And this is what we have to do in our own life. When we get to the point where we can say, I know this does not please God, then there's time for change. You don't have any other choices. You're at a fork in the road. You're either going to continue down the the path of sin or you're going to go on the path of God. And this is why, as we were looking through this and and God told the the priest, you're going to do this for seven days every day. This was God's process. And then he says, if not, you will die. And so we said yesterday, you need to understand that not doing it God's way leads to death, Mm. leads to death because that's what sin brings leads to death in many, many instances of life. People, if they were to verbalize it the way that they feel it, they have felt their marriage died. They have felt a relationship died with so-and-so or whatever. Why? Because death got brought into it. Destruction, sin did. And so while it didn't mean you took your last breath, something that you longed for, loved, or were a part of that was originally maybe good died because not doing it God's way brings about death. That is what, that's what Satan is bringing into the world and into creation. And this is what he is tempting and trying to draw us to. This is how he steals first, then he kills it, then he destroys it. This yeah. is the work of the enemy. And he's doing this in your life, in relationships, in your purpose, in your future, and in, in the things that are supposed to be holy for God. And he is bringing that into it. And when you get to that point where it's, I can either go God's way or I can keep playing with this, knowing this, you're in a dangerous place. You're compromising, man. From what I've seen, man, in my time, sin numbs you. And you lose the the, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now it's no longer, um, now it doesn't bother you that you are in um, battling between the two between living right and living your way, living right and living in sin. You're in, a, you're in a very numb place in your life, and that's a scary place to be in, man, because the, the sense of, the, 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 that sense of the Holy Spirit, that conviction is not there, and, and you're becoming numb to the things that, that used to uh, pull you back into God's arms. Now it's like, you know, now it's now it's like okay, maybe that that level of sin is maybe not enough, and now I gotta go a little further. How can I further my 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 walk into that sin? And 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 it's just it's like it's like the drug user. You know, cigarettes don't do it anymore. Now it's now what's the next step up to get that addiction and get that sensation and get that craving uh, met. And sin does that, man. It and we don't takes care where it takes us. Numb place. At, at some point, you almost, like you said, are numb to where it takes you. 
I, I, every time I go to a different country, I laugh and I point out, I just did it in Germany with Chad again, that all of their cigarette boxes, Germany, Scotland, Brazil, where I go to, they have pictures of dead people on them that have died of like lung cancer and all that. That, that in their countries, not in America, they put this on there, letting you know this is what it can do to you. Wow. And people still buy them because it hasn't happened to them yet, right? So this is what we do with sin. It hasn't gotten me to the point of where so-and-so got. It hasn't gotten me to this level or this low point in life like they got. So I can keep marching this road. It's like we can tell you where this is going. We can put the picture on the box and you're still going to pay your money and sacrifice your finances to smoke this every single day where you're so addicted, you can't stop it. And people do this, like you say, with drugs and alcohol. They also do it with sex, right? So we've elevated the LBGTQ sin so high that we've become numb to the fact that how many Christians are cohabitating and having sex outside of marriage, which is against the will of God. But we okay it because it's everywhere. It happens so casually and so naturally. No one's really as concerned about it. This isn't about what level you're at. This is about, do I want to be a kingdom priest? And do I want to be part of a holy nation of God? Do I want to be part of the holy things of God? Or or do I understand really what he's all about? Yeah, you're putting it on high alert, man. And I think a lot of people ain't doing that um, in our time and in our culture right now. Just putting that, that sin on high alert. And it's creeping through the cracks of our life. And it's in your televisions. Um, you, it may not be at this level, according to you, but yet it's leaking into other aspects of your life. And so, but here we are, man. We find Jesus now back in John 13, 1. Okay, this is where we connected the dots. Yeah, this is where the dots are connecting now. Jesus rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. What does that remind you of, right? And then... Uh, then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you, you, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What am I doing? What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Yeah, so now we go back to last week. Yeah, So you didn't add that part last week. Oh, I read it. I just intentionally read it it fast (laughs) Yeah, because I knew I was coming back. And I knew if I put emphasis on it, I I wanted to kind of leave that there for for the connecting of the docs this week. And the reason being is because when this is all playing out, I wanted you to see that Jesus is actually giving them glimpses of the Aaron priestly sacrificial process Mm. of tying a sash around their waist of washing of water, you know, to be in the presence of God. So when Jesus is like, Hey, you don't understand now, but you will. He's not just talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. He's also giving them a lesson. This is a rabbi to his student. This yeah. is a father, spiritual father to his spiritual son. We have to keep this in context. When you do, it makes so much more sense, right? And then a part you've probably always read and never understood where Peter says, hold on a second. Then if I have to be washed by you to be part of you. So that's a big part of it. A priest had to be washed 
to go into the presence of God. If he didn't, struck dead. Jesus is saying, if you don't let me wash you, you have no part in me. We're back to the reality. There's no other way. It's God's way. Don't lie to yourself and don't believe the world. You can go follow another faith if you want to, but the faith of the God of the Bible, of the God of Israel, the faith of Jesus the Messiah says there's no other way. This is what you choose to follow and believe or not. You're making up some other religion if you don't, okay? (laughs) And so Peter's response, not just my feet, but also my head and hands. He sees the picture. He understands the importance of the message. And then he tells Jesus, then wash all of me. How amazing is that? Like, like that's where the dots start to go off and you're like, this, this is, this is the life I want to live. This is the prayer that I want to pray. This is what I want to see. So now I'm, I'm as a, as a follower of Jesus, I'm thinking today, I want my head, I want my thoughts to be about you. So Thursday I spend all day out because I know this message is going to be different. Praying, fasting. So I tell God, I tell myself as well, no social media today. No matter what in the space, it's prayer, it's talking with God, it's reading scripture, or it's listening to worship music. I want all of my thoughts to be mm. focused and dialed in to spending this time with you, God, today. Nothing else is coming into this. But on a daily basis, what's that look like? You know, Now, when I think about my head, my hands, my feet, God, when I pick up my phone and I click and I start scrolling, or I pause, what am I watching? What am I allowing my hand to do? Where is my mind and my eyes taking me? What are my ears hearing? Mm. Where, where, where do my feet go to find this device or go to that movie to go to this place or, or to be in this place? Where did it take me? And then what am I doing with my hands and feet? Are they yours or am I doing things with them that are unholy that displease you? Mm. This is what begins to be painted, not as just the picture, but as the reality of, of our spiritual walk with God. That's so good, man. Ear, thumb, and toe was uh, an uh, abbreviated code for his entire body, emphasizing that service to God must be a total surrender. It must be top to bottom, man. Everything. Everything. I love the boldness of Peter there. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the cool part of Peter. Yep. You know, that his personality had, had, good, had, had, had good parts to it. Yeah, his personality, too, had some very outlandish things to it, you know, that, that led him to do some sp- spontaneous <laughs> decision-making in moments. But I think this is one of the good spontaneous things that he, he really came up with and said, hey, hey, you know what? If you're going to do my feet, just do my whole body. Do all of me. Do and now, now, now think about this. Think about this picture for a second, and, and my mind's just twirling because this is what the story of God does, right? You just yeah. start seeing new connections. So I didn't even say this yesterday. I don't have this in anything for today. Peter, in this moment, as we often do as Christians, here am I, God, all of me, for all of you. I surrender all, right? Yeah. I don't know the time frame, but less than 12 hours for sure. Peter denies Jesus three times. Yeah. So he goes from this moment of all of me, God, take all of me, <laughs> like we so often do, to denying Jesus. Wow. The next time we find Peter in the scriptures, Jesus has to go find him on a seashore and have breakfast with him to bring him back into the fold. 
He's done. Where he says, do you love me? And he says, of course I do. Then feed my sheep. Mm. Do you love me? Of course I do. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? God, why you ask me three times? Of course I do. Feed my lambs. Is there something in Peter Broke him down. that's thinking, I just told Jesus, wash all of me, all of me for all of you. And within a few hours later, I, I, like I, I denied him. Yeah. And I can't even come back to him right now. How many people feel that way? Yeah. I had this moment where I found God. I gave him everything. And then I rejected him and denied him. Mm. And now I don't feel like I can come back. And what do we see the picture of Jesus doing? The same picture of God in Genesis 3. Adam and Eve are in their shame and nakedness, hiding from God. And he says, I will clothe you with an animal skin so that you don't feel your shame and nakedness no more. Peter has run from Jesus and is sitting on the seashore. And Jesus goes and has breakfast with him to bring him back into the fold. This is an amazing, beautiful picture that no matter where you are in life, no matter how many times you've rejected and run from God, how many times you've said all of me and then you've backtracked on that, you're still invited in to be a kingdom priest and a holy nation. And all these dots obviously connect us to one thing, John 19, the crucifixion. It's the picture of Jesus on the cross. First and foremost, as we know it, no other person ever crucified by the Romans got a crown of thorns twisted and put on their head, but Jesus did. We know that crucifixion involved a lot of things, but one of them was nails in the hands, nails in the feet. So when you look at the picture of Jesus on the cross, go back to Leviticus 8, earlobe, thumb, toe. Go to John 13. Peter says, wash my feet, my head's my hand. The picture of Jesus' wounds. So the lady a few weeks ago that was like, what about the prophecy in Isaiah 53? What does this have to do with everything? By his stripes we are healed, cleansed, covered, Right? our transgressions. This is the prophetic word of of the Messiah in Isaiah, that this picture of the son of God with wounds on his head, his hands, his feet, because he's the sacrificial lamb. The angel told Joseph, name him Jesus because he will save people from their sin. John the Baptist declared when he saw Jesus coming into the water, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of of the world. This was the mission of Jesus. This was the promise of God from Genesis 3. This is the completion of it. And this is what we get in Hebrews when it says that one final sacrifice, Jesus. Yeah. Once it had been done, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. This is that language that we're that we're reading in Hebrews that reminds us that it says we have a great high priest that was gone before us. So here's the picture of Aaron and the Levitical priesthood going to the presence of God. Here's the picture of Jesus on the cross being the sacrificial lamb, the sacrifice being made. The blood of the lamb is on his head, his ears, on his hands, his thumbs, on his feet, on his toes. For the world to be covered and cleansed, to be at one with God, the salvation of the world has come, death is being defeated, and now you have Hebrews writing, listen, it was continually happening day after day, the same sacrifices, but when Jesus arrived once and for all, the Christ, the Messiah appeared, he sat down at the right hand of the Father, you sent me to the world because you loved it so much, I accomplished my mission it is done in me. Yeah. This is the beauty of the scriptures. This is the beauty of salvation. This is what should draw you into God. And then Matthew tells us in his depiction of the story yeah. that the temple veil is torn from top to bottom. So there's so many people like, what's that detail about? What's that mean? 
Well, the temple veil is what the priests had to go behind into the Holy of Holies in the presence of God. Only he could go when he was clean, washed, and covered in the blood of a sacrificial lamb. Jesus dies. He's a sacrificial lamb of God for the sins of the world. He has gone on behalf of the people of the world before God. Now that temple veil no longer exists we are allowed to go into the presence of God. And this is where the writer Paul comes along and he says, one day, listen to the language now, one day the veil will be pulled back. The veil from our realm to God's realm, from this life to the next life. So this language is being used from beginning to end. And Peter, and and 1 Peter ends it this way. Listen to what he says. He says, as you come to him, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, a living stone rejected by men because they're not going to want to care about you if you're living for holier things, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Remember Exodus 19, treasured, chosen people out of all the people on the planet. Now he's talking about us. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as spiritual houses, as tabernacles, as temples. And then he says this, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God because of Christ Jesus. He sums it all up, Peter does, comes back. He washed my head and feet. He's building us up into be new tabernacles and temples for God where his presence can dwell. We can boldly approach the throne of God. We can go before him now when only the high priest could because Jesus was our high priest who went before us. The sacrificial lamb, the, the, the blood of the lamb has covered the world and the son of Jesus, and now you are a holy priesthood. So offer your spiritual sacrifices to God that will be pleasing to him with the rest of your life. Man, what a powerful way to end episode 41. So fantastic. And listen, we uh, we extend this invite to our listeners. If you're not in Genesis, this invitation is for everyone. It's an invitation of salvation. It's an invitation to bring Jesus into your heart. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And only through him we can go to the Father. And so he made this sacrifice for you so that you can be in closeness with your Heavenly Father. And so uh, we would love to hear back from you. If, if this is a decision you want to make in your life uh, of receiving Christ and that salvation and that gift, uh, we want to hear from you. Email us. Send us an email. Uh, comment uh, in, in any of our accounts. But... We want to be uh, there for you, and we want to be a helping hand to guide you in whatever way that you can in making this decision and, and living this decision out in your life. And so reach out to us, postsundaypodcast at gmail.com, um, and then you can also DM us in any of our social media uh, sites and, and, and platforms as well, and we'll, we'll, we'll love to, to help you through that uh, or with that decision as well. So. What a powerful time, man. Today was just amazing. It is just, again, you're teeing, you're teeing it up, just teeing it up, and we're going, and, and, and God's story is just, uh, it's never ending. I just got a text message from somebody right now that says, it's a little gif, you know, of, of someone like super excited, me anxiously awaiting until the podcast is released the message yesterday blew my mind. Mm. So literally while we're recording it, wow. this is what I'm getting. <laughs> God is good. 
God is good, man. He's he's faithful, and it's beautiful to be a part of of what he 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 is doing here at Genesis Church Orlando. And so, uh, we love you guys, man. We hope that you were blessed here. And uh, a couple things, man. I have said this already in the pod, but one of the things I didn't say is leave us a review on Apple Podcast as well as Spotify. Uh, give us a five star review, man. This helps just expose the podcast more to different audiences and really gets it out there into people's hands and ears. So that they can um, listen and 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 really uh, that curiosity just come into play and and that leads into many different things and what God can do. But uh, we love you guys. We thank you for just being consistent followers and listeners. Uh, we hear from you. We see you, and uh, we love you. We're praying for you guys. We can't wait for episode forty two next week as we get rolling. But uh, until then, guys, we will see you back next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.